Guys of a Certain Age is brought to you by no one. Absolutely no one. Except these dudes walking down memory lane. Now let's head to the studio to see what they misremember next. It is that time. Guys of a certain age, no electoral college or math involved. Just three guys <laughs> talking about geeky stuff post-election. Hope everyone's doing well. Robbie Covalent's in studio with... Jay Reed. And reporting from somewhere north of here... Art Shirley. There you go. Shirley, you're jesting, right? That's right. There That's you right. go. How are you guys doing? Have we made it 96 episodes without saying that? Sure. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever said that. <laughs> Have you said that, Art? Shirley, you're jesting. Uh, he probably has it. No, no, you would yeah. never say anything like that, would you? That's right. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, well, yeah, there you have it. How are you guys? Did you, we're recording this as the Electoral College is still in flux and I'm kind of sick of politics so, and we never. So this could be January. <laughs> this could be January. Right. <laughs> this could be January, but it's really not. So, yeah. Um, well, yeah. So did you make it through the week? Made it through the week. Hey. Yeah. So far, so far, yeah. And Art, you're in the middle of, of, of you know, packing moving. stuff. Yeah, packing and moving, yeah. Yeah, we ticked him off so many times, Jay, he's moving. He's moving <laughs> away right. from us. So That's right. let's jump into some Geeks of the Week. Uh, Art, why don't you go first this time? Okay. I will say that, you know, one geeky thing is uh, the stuff I'm finding. I, I shared with you all a picture of uh, some Star Trek stuff. Uh, we're throwing a lot of stuff away. That's not going to be something that gets thrown away. And I'm I'm packing up comic books right now, so I do have a lot of Star Wars books that are kind of on the uh, on the bubble. But uh, oh, I'll take them. I'll take them. You can't throw them away. You have to give me your Star Wars stuff. And nobody in your media family. I'll wants take them. the action figures, the Star Trek. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I'll, if y'all are serious, I'll I'll pack them up and bring them that way. Don't throw them away. Yeah. Don't throw them away. Throw them to Art and Robbie. I mean, to Robbie oh, and Jay. I don't even know. A who lot I'm talking of stuff. To. A lot of stuff has seriously been thrown away that I'm I'm cringing about right now. But um, anyway, don't tell uh, us. Yeah. And don't. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying not to tell us. But speaking of Star Wars, I just read something. Uh, that of course, the new season of Mandalorian has launched. Uh, I guess we're two episodes as of today. Uh, I haven't watched the se- second one, right? The second one should drop today, right, it, if it, it hadn't already. It did. I watched it at 530. I haven't I watched it either. We'll be watching both of them tonight. Yeah. And see yeah. Uh, but they're already talking that there's going to be a spinoff. And, uh, Jay, you may want to cover your ears, but... Uh, oh, no. Uh, there's a spinoff of a certain character that appears at the end of the first one. Uh, so, and, and now that you haven't watched it, I really can't say. Oh, that's okay. It's all right. <laughs> Uh, Boba Fett may get his own series, Ooh. which I'm not sure. Yeah, and it actually may start shooting next week. Uh, and then in related news, uh, Ron Howard has said there's been you know a lot of love shown for Solo in its afterlife, as he calls it, as it's been on uh, Disney Plus, and of course people have have bought it or rented it, watched it, and uh, so you know he's hopeful that at some point those characters may not get their own series, but you may see those characters again. So I would think probably the most logical place for somebody to be kind of Easter egged in would be the Obi-Wan series, you know, since I think some of that timeline kind of crosses over. So we may see, you know, a young Han Solo make a, you know, a cameo appearance in that, but I would love to see a series with that. And, um, you know, Lando and, and maybe some of the other things that have been in there, but um, apparently, and I, of course, I was one of those that really liked the solo movie. I think it kind of got dealt a bad hand just by virtue of the fact of, of where it landed as movie releases were going. I think there was a little bit of burnout based on uh, The Last Jedi, 
whether you like the movie or not, I think it came too soon after that movie for a lot of folks. You, you know what? Uh, you know what the sequel to Cello will be, right? Duo, duo, uh, and yeah, then the then the, yeah, the yeah. trio. Uh, the the look on Jay's face as we launched, and that was not that was not rehearsed, Jay. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. man. Well, so anyway, that's my geek geeko. Well, so again, you you've already spoiled the Bubba Fett at the end of of episode one. Um, I read an article talking about so who it's and I forget the 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 actor who played Django Fett and you know was the basis for the clones. And um, Tamora. Yeah. Tamora. What's his name? Morrison. Yeah. So they, they walk through the whole who, who could that possibly be? And it, it's got to be Boba Fett because the clones aged at twice normal age. Right. Uh huh. From the Clone Wars, yes. yeah, yeah. Right. Jay, Jay's like, oh, sure. So, <laughs> so at, at the time that that episode of the Mandalorian would be, the clones would be roughly thirty-eight to forty years old, which means they would be physically close to a seventy-five to eighty-year-old person, with the mm-hmm. exception of Boba Fett, which Django he had asked for a clone of himself to raise as a human, without the accelerants in the aging process. So the that character looked like a unaccelerated aged Jango yeah, Fett. He, so. he looked like he should be the the age that he would be if he were, you know, had crawled out of the Sarlite pit. Yeah. Which <laughs> yeah. I, I you know, is he gonna come up through the drain like Bobby on Dallas, you know? I mean, uh who knows? Yeah. But and, I know that in the extended universe which is the old, what's that called now? Is it? Uh, it's Legends, isn't it? Le- no, legends. Is, it, is yeah. it Legends? Star Wars I, Legends? I think that's right. Yeah, whatever. But uh, there was there was some story about how he survived that. Uh, and I can't remember if it's what it is currently canon now. And obviously, if he's done it, it, it will become canon. But um, it seems like it was in some of the... Uh, some of the older books and, and possibly one of the was he did he never made an appearance in any of the animated series i don't believe of course he did he first appeared in the animated insert in the star wars christmas special oh i was thinking about the <laughs> i was thinking about clone wars and rebels no no yes. you you didn't see you didn't see him in those yep. so yeah. and, and i just thought about this you know so you've got the mandalorian blasting out of the the dragon there in episode one more spoiler alerts for oh you there my. When, you know, you need to be current. Okay, I know. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You just, you I'm ashamed. You should be ashamed. And guess what, Jay? It's not coming out on on DVD, so you're <laughs> so gonna have to watch it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, or VHS. Uh, but so you, you've got you've got the Mandalorian blasting out of the dragon, which would indicate to me if the dragon ate the Sarlacc, then you know if the Mandalorian can blast out of the dragon, you would think Boba Fett could dra- blast out of the Sarlacc somehow, some way. So it's almost like we set the precedent there for the the dragon and the Mandalorian and the Sarlacc and Boba Fett, and it all makes perfect sense. Or you just give yeah. me something to look forward to. That's where I look at it. There you go. You're going to forget this conversation by the time you watch it later tonight. <laughs> Probably. So what you got for a geek, Jay? Well, I'm going to steer us back towards the Marvel Universe, and this is not something that is definitive, but I'm hoping that by us talking about it here, it'll put enough chatter out on the airwaves that it will we will make it happen. And that is the all-female Avengers movie, which has not been confirmed. But uh, is it Letitia Wright, the girl that was in Black Panther, uh, mm-hmm. is saying that you know it, it's very likely to happen, that Kevin Feige is behind it and somebody else. I forget the other name. But, but they, they kind of look at that all-female scene in Avengers Endgame, and that's supposedly some sort of preview 
or uh, you know indication that maybe they'll do a, an all females all female Avengers movies, which I think would be awesome. Yeah, it would. Yeah, be. you know one of the things, and I love the Avengers, but you know I kind of wish that there was another Marvel team. So you know we always talk about the Avengers. You know, there, it would be neat if there was a different Marvel team with a different name so that you could really differentiate because, mm-hmm. you know, in the comic books, you had Avengers, West Coast Avengers. You had how many different variants of Avengers did you have in the comics are? Do you remember? I would think there's at least um, three that I can think of. Like, it seemed like there was a new Avengers or whatever. There was East Coast, West Coast, and then... Uh, and I'm maybe getting, I kind of get confused with all the different iterations of X-Men, oh, you know, which there were good grief, all kinds. There was also the Defenders, which is what I would yeah. think would be kind of, which is what they tried to do with the um, with the Marvel TV series on Netflix, you know, tried to recreate those things. And I would think that would be kind of a natural to move to uh, the cinematic universe, you know, uh, because the uh, Avin Girls. We could just we'll we'll put that name out. Oh, I may edit that out. That was horrible. Did hey did <laughs> Avengers Squad? You know that could be that. <laughs> and, and Netflix never got to a Defender series, did they? No, they kind of were laying the groundwork yeah. for it because they had Luke Cage and uh, Jessica. Oh, I got to draw a blank on her last name. What Jessica was, Jones. Was, Jones. Yeah. Jones. Okay. <laughs> I knew it was Smith or Jones. I just couldn't remember which one it was, but. Uh, and then, of course, Daredevil and Power Fist and, and those folks. And the it Punisher. It's Iron yeah. Fist. Iron Fist. And Power, Power Man. Like I said, yeah, I'm, I'm going through these comics right now, and, and Dazzler's the only one that's coming to bonds. So Dazzler. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dazzler. Are you finding yourself reading the comics as you go, Art, or you haven't? No, but it is funny up? because I'll, I'll see them, and like I said, you know, it takes me back to, you know, the – late seventies, a lot of Marvel because you know, they're, they're, those are the, those are those comics and they're actually in really good shape. I was kind of surprised that there was a good shape as they were. So you got any Chris Claremont run on X-Men that you're going to get I rid do. of? Yeah, I do. Well, not that I'm going to get rid of, but oh, I do have some of those. Yeah. Darn. Okay. Well, yeah, I've got, I've got an extensive Chris, Chris Claremont run on X-Men. To me, that's yeah. still the best run on X-Men. Ever. I, I would, I would agree. So, all right. Well, my uh, geek of the week is a, is a little bit different. And uh, so, you know, 2020 is the gift that keeps on giving, right? And so there was uh, a possibility of an asteroid doing a pretty close pass to the Earth on Election Day. Yeah, and that's right. So sci-fi.com uh, dropped this little nugget that uh, Nabisco has taken the Oreo recipe along with a bunch of Oreos and has constructed a special concrete bunker in Norway to stash away Oreos. Jay's face wow. just lit up. Art, you should see it. So, uh, Sorry, I'm missing that. Yeah, yeah. With news of an election day asteroid passing by Earth on November 2nd, the company is taking no chances with its best-selling mm-hmm. treasures and has recently constructed a special concrete bunker in the permafrost of someplace I can't pronounce, Norway, to stash mm-hmm. away a huge stockpile <laughs> of iconic Oreos alongside a copy of its secret recipe in case of an apocalyptic event. Wow. Okay. So when we can that's travel again, that's the first place there you on go. my tourist yeah. list. Yep. Yep. So, so I, did the asteroid end up passing close by us? Well, we're still talking, aren't we? Oh, I have no again. idea. I mean, well, I mean, 
close by. I didn't I know it obviously didn't impact. Apparently, yeah. it dropped some votes. That's exactly. <laughs> you beat me to that. No, no, we're staying away from that. We're staying away from that. Oh, you and, beat and, me to that, but I'm glad it's you. And all that mail will be going to Jay Reed. Yeah, that's right. So here, here's another pull yeah. quote on this. Let's steer back to Oreos. Quote: As an added precaution, the Oreo packs are wrapped in mylar, which can withstand temperatures from negative 80 degrees to 300 degrees Fahrenheit, and is pervious and is impervious to chemical reactions, moisture, and air, keeping the cookies fresh and protected for years to come. Wow. Oreo now. How can you fry an Oreo if it's in Mylar? <laughs> I mean, come on. How can you deep fry? I guess you have to take it out of the Mylar first, right? The question is, is there a deep fryer so. in the bunker? Yeah, there needs to be. in milk. Yes. You yes. know, what's Oreos without milk? And, and do, you have, do you have the capability of making ice cream so you can have cookies and cream? And in Norway, will they have the Swedish fish flavored cream? Wow. They shouldn't. I hope they don't ever have it ever again. But Well, that was your mistake, not ours. Um, that, there's just there's questions that need to be answered. <laughs> I'm not sure that's one of them, but yes, there are. I, I think we need to go to Norway, record an episode, yeah. and report on our findings in the permafrost. Well, that would I, would be our to, I would have episode. to say... <laughs> Live from Norway, it's... <laughs> What's that, Art? I, I would have to say that's probably the most consuming question that's going on in our country right now is about the Oreos. I can't imagine anything that could possibly consuming. be. I can't like imagine that. anything. Oh, yes. Oh, oh, man. I'll, I'll, I'll claim that pun as intentional. You, you, can, you just kind of sandwiched it in there. So. Oh. oh, wow. Kind of crummy, okay, wasn't and, it? And a related, <laughs> and a related twist. Just a cookie. <laughs> <laughs> wow please all right we're gonna save you the listeners from further pun you. yeah from further pun dy- dy- dystopia and uh, take a break we'll be back and talk about sean connery next and we were back from a break as we recovered from our cookie puns and jay was looking on expedia for uh for airline prices to get to norway to get as many oreos as possible but we're going to talk about sean connery who we lost a week ago or so as we're recording this and uh art was i hearing a sean connery impersonation about to happen yes (laughs) wow okay moment of silence yeah moment of silence that didn't that sounds like what is it that's terrible. I can't do it. Yeah, it's yeah. going to come out Morgan Freeman no matter what. <laughs> it um, really is. It really is. So, well, you know, Sean Connery, I mean, a giant in cinema. Um, I looked over his filmography as, as I was looking to prepare for this. Extensive. Extensive, but he stopped in 03. After League of Extraordinary yeah, Gentlemen. Yeah, and I was yeah. really surprised by that I because I just would have thought we would have had some other Sean Connery. Um, mm-hmm. Since then, but um, of course, obviously became known as the definitive James Bond and the first one as well as in the first one and first the, one in the movies, not the right, first correct. one ever portrayed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the third one, because he came back after <laughs> Lazenby uh, after his singular piece right. there. Yes. And, and right. uh, so but uh, some memories of Sean Connery. When's the first time you remember Sean Connery art? What was your first recollection of Sean Connery? It must have been a James Bond movie on uh you know, on uh, on TV, like a you know, I didn't go, I did not go see him. Uh, Roger Moore was the first James Bond I actually saw in the theater. Yeah, me too. But uh, uh, you know, probably seeing something like either Doctor No or, or or more likely Goldfinger was probably the first one I saw. Uh, you know, and it would have been just you know on a, on a TV uh, like the CBS <laughs> movie of the week or whatever that they had at those times. So just you know, seeing those kind of things. But that's the first thing I can really remember seeing him in. 
Uh, I'm sure I must have seen probably Darby O'Gill and the Little People as a Disney movie, but I would not have re- remembered that being Sean Connery. Darby O'Gill and the Little you know, People. I man. think he's in that. Yeah, I think he's. Yeah, in that was his. He is. That was early, like one of the first ones he did. He was. Yeah, he uh-huh. was. He was Michael McBride. Yeah. Yeah. You know, only that only out outdid his uh, his his role uh-huh. in Time Lock in 1957 as the second welder. Yeah, so. that's right. That's right. What about you, Jay? But, uh, oh no, I'm sorry, Art. I cut you off. Oh no, I was going to say, but I just, but, that, but I don't remember. I don't actually remember seeing that until later. Um. <laughs> so obviously, James Bond for you. What Probably you? James Bond. But I was looking through his filmography, and I have. I'm sure I watched James Bond before 1981, but Time Bandits yeah. was a yeah. it popped up. It's like, oh yeah, I forgot about Time Bandits. So I'm sure I saw him there, but but he'll. You know, I, I think of James Bond when I think mm-hmm. of Connery, but, uh, you know. What about, did you guys, either one of you see his uh, his role, his, the murder, murder on the Orient Express that he was in yep. from 74? Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I've never seen that. My my first memory is would be a, 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 a James Bond on CBS or ABC as um, probably a Sunday night movie package. Um, but, I mean, I, I really came... You know, I, I vaguely remember Time Bandits. I probably remember Outland. Outland is what I remember. That's one of the first things I remember seeing that probably watched, uh, you know, intentionally as opposed to just catching something on the well, Time Bandits. I'm sure I did, too. But I watched Outland for Sean Connery. And I always thought that was a, that was a movie I really enjoyed. I mean, it's, it's kind of a, a maybe a B movie science fiction movie. But did you like it? Yeah, it's been forever since I've seen it. But I, for mm-hmm. for what it was, I liked it. Um, speaking, yeah, it was a re- remake of High Noon. It's basically the same right. story as High Noon. But yeah, speaking of um, B uh, B movies, B uh, B science fiction movies, uh, I know can, where you're going. There can only be one. 1986 Highlander. Oh. So now, yeah, what what actually, were you going to say? I was going to go Zardoz, but that may actually be more of a C or D movie. Have y'all ever seen that? I've never Dude. seen Zardoz. Oh, I thought- my gosh. I watched that recently. And, uh, I mean, uh, maybe within the past uh, four months or something. But, uh, yeah, that's a that's a bizarre movie. I mean, he's it's it's well worth seeing, but um, it's a bizarre movie. But, yeah, Highlander is – I mean, that's a, that's a good I – mean, he's, he's great in that movie. Oh, that's a good – the first one especially is a good movie. Yeah, yeah. Juan Sanchez Villa Lobos Ramirez. Yeah. Or as uh, yeah, as as the Highlander calls him, a Spanish peacock. So, yeah, um, uh-huh. yeah he, he's great. And I loved Highlander. And we've talked about Highlander mm-hmm. before on the show, how they should have stopped there because there can only be one. And, yeah, they really uh, should have. Yeah. So, but, you know, in 86, he did Highlander. Um, you know, he'd done Never Say Never again in 83, kind of reprising yeah. uh, the, the James Bond role after. And that, that title came from his wife, as I read, because he said, you know, once he was done with Bond, he would never go back. But mm-hmm. apparently the right. money was too good. And she said, well, why don't you call it Never Say Never again? It's, so, it's yeah. Never Say Never again, the one that was outside of the, the other the continuity. Bond canon, yeah. E- yeah. or something. The- Right. Yeah, the the writer, the co-writer for Thunderball still had rights to remake that movie. And so Never Say Never Again is a remake of Thunderball. Okay. And uh, so he co-wrote the script or co-wrote, co-wrote the idea with uh, Ian Fleming or uh, took Ian Fleming's idea. But co-wrote. So he had he had some kind of, uh, you know, as they do in movies, you have rights to remake something that you've done, which is why Tarzan the Ape Man keeps getting remade. But uh so he—that's what that was, and that was, yeah, it was produced outside. It was not a, a broccoli 
uh, production, not uh, the, the ones Saltzman. that. Yeah, Eon. Yeah, uh-huh. Eon. Yeah, 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 Eon. Okay. Yeah. As we would say in today's parlance, it was a reboot. Reboot. Yeah. Well, yeah, just kind of, and just kind of outside of canon. And uh, that that is probably the first Sean Connery James Bond, or maybe the only Sean Connery James Bond, I guess, that I saw in the theaters. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, it was, you know, it was kind of kind of was what was what it was. It's not terrible, but it's not one of the best ones either. We wouldn't necessarily say um, cash grab, but yeah, yeah but very some much could be but a cash some grab. buy. So, mm-hmm. but so he did that in '83, and then uh, I never saw sort of the value in '84. But you know, his, his run of why wow, I remember Sean Connery being Sean Connery began in Highlander for me in '86. Yeah. 87. Well, he did The Name of the Rose as well in 86. Which I, that was a great movie, too. I like that a lot. Boy, I haven't seen it forever. There are so many yeah. on that list that I realized I yeah. haven't seen. So I'll, yeah. good thing I have a DVD membership because that's where I'll <laughs> hey, find them. That's right. That's right. That's, that's right. right. You're showing us. Uh, 87, uh, <laughs> The Untouchables, uh, which he also. Now see that. He won an yeah, Oscar. Oscar for that yeah, one. For He's best the only yeah. Bond actor to ever win an Oscar. Yeah. Oh, is he? It yeah. wasn't for Bond, but yeah, that's the yeah. Little if they go fact. high, you go yeah. low. If you bring, if they bring a stick, you bring a knife. You know, uh-huh. one, one of the most Give infamous. Yeah. Yeah. He was great in that movie. I thought I, to me, he made that movie. It's good, and I liked that movie. I thought uh, Kevin Costner was good in it. Robert De Niro's in that movie. But what I remember most is Sean Connery's performance. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why he got an Oscar. You know, even when he mm-hmm. showed up, there was a couple of movies. What was it? Uh, he was in two Robin Hood movies. One as Robin. We're Robin getting and there. Marian. We're getting there. We're no, getting you're going. To- you're going into the future. I'm going back. No, no, the Robin Hood movies were in the '90s. Goofwad. Robin and Marion was in the '90s. Were, I think I, not. Well, he's got his notes, so I, I can't dispute his notes. Yeah, I think that oh, was. Yeah. Uh, it was actually 1976. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. mid-70s for that. Yeah. 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 But he was Robin then. Right. And then he yeah. was a king, uh, what's his name, coming Prince of Thieves, but he wasn't even credited there. Richard, King Richard. Wasn't king he? Richard, yeah. The Lionheart. Yeah. He, Lionheart. Was, he was uncredited, uh-huh. but it was like when he shows up, it was like, oh, Sean Connery. Well, that's what I was going to say. Every time he just shows up, even for a little mm-hmm. cameo type thing, he just like makes the movie. Well, he did Untouchables in 87, The Presidio in 88. Um, oh, was, I forgot about that one. Yeah. Yeah. He was in The Presidio. Uh, and then Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. That's one of my yeah. favorites. We named the dog probably, Indiana, you know. That's probably my, you know, after Bond, that's probably my favorite portrayal. I mean, like I said, he's great. I mean, you could really you know put any of those up there but uh i think he helped make uh indiana jones and the last crusade every bit as good as raiders of the lost ark i I think it really stands up yeah yeah it it does he was so funny and i think he's only what six years older than harrison 12 years older than harrison oh okay 12 years six times still not old enough to be his father if if he was a clone the six years would have been 12 yeah that's right that's how that math works we were at disney one year we got my Jake, my son, and I got our picture made. They have this thing where they they can do like a movie poster, but they kind of put your face in there. And, and Jacob is uh, Harrison Ford character, Indiana Jones, and, and I'm the Sean Connery character. It is a really cool picture. We should put that in our yeah. show notes. We should if yeah. you would only provide it to us. <laughs> I think yeah. you've shared that with us. I have that. shared it. Yeah, I can't remember it. I vaguely. It's good. So, um, Indiana- but that dynamic. I mean, their their chemistry together was was just perfect. I mean, you know, I thought that that really and he played, you know, played against type so much. You know, I mean, he was not the he was not the the James Bond character at all in that movie. A little bookish, a little nerdish. And, uh, you know, they were offered two 
they were offered the main roles in Jurassic Park. They would have worked together again, but neither one of them took the roles. Wow. Yeah. So, so I guess, uh, I guess Sean Connery would have been the Richard Attenborough character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that's what I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Harrison Ford would have been uh, Sam Neill's character. Yeah. Probably so. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know the actor names, but well, pointing pointing at dinosaurs. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Um, I'm going to skip through here. So we talked about Robin Hood, uh, 91 Highlander 2, The Sickening. I mean, The Quickening. Yeah. Oh yeah. In 91, which could have been called Cash Grab. He was in a Michael mm-hmm. Crichton movie, Rising Sun. In um, yes, God, you skipped. Uh, you skipped a really. Big I know one. I did. We're, we're coming gonna, back we're to it. Okay. Back to that See, one. I don't know your strategy. Yeah, here. yeah it's all up here. But he was with Wesley Snipes in that. That's yeah. right. That's right. That's a mm-hmm. that, like I said. That's a, a Michael Crichton novel, and that was when. Crichton Crichton was huge. You know, he had right. he had yeah. Jurassic Park. He had So probably what he did was after he turned down Jurassic Park and saw how that did, he goes, Okay, if you're never like ever gonna get another one by this guy, I'm gonna be in it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um ninety five, first night, he was King Arthur. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was a good king. You know, he yeah. really was. He was. And um, you know, ninety one, he was a king. Um, 95, he was a king. 96, Draco was the, the voice of Dragonheart. I'd forgotten all of oh, that. Oh, yeah. That was fun. Yeah, that was, that that was kind of fun. Dennis Quaid, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Rock. Um, so Which is a great movie. I forget about that. Mm-hmm. Somebody yeah. mentioned that one. I'm like, good grief, I'd completely forgotten about that. He, he was an executive producer on that one. Which and Nicholas Cage was in that too, right? That's right. That's right, crazy. yeah. Um, yeah. 98, uh, The Avengers, the original the British, Avengers. the other Avengers. Yeah. Uh, I'm just kind of. He was the villain in that, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, he was. Okay. Um, 2000, Finding Forrester, which I really enjoy. That's one of that's my a, favorites. That's, that's a, a really good movie. Yeah. And then his last, his his last role as on on at, on film. He, he did a documentary or two after that. He was he was a voice actor, but his his true last acting role was Alan Quartermain in The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, mm-hmm. which is based upon a comic book. Um, which right. I enjoyed, but apparently he did not. Yeah, I don't think he did. No, the experience was terrible in ter- terms of the production of the thing, I think. But yeah, it was uh, bad weather, delays, he didn't get along with the director. Yeah, I don't think the director had a real clear vision of what he was doing. But I enjoyed the movie, too. I thought it was fun. I need to go back and I need to dig it up. Maybe maybe Jay would let me borrow his DVD. I do have yeah. it. I do do you have it on DVD? I really do. Yeah. Really? Wow. But I don't have anything that pushes out a 480 um, SD uh, <laughs> standard def signal anymore. So, uh, And I, I purposely skipped over my favorite, which is The Hunt for Red October, which is, to me, when Sean Connery became Sean Connery. Um, mm-hmm. as, uh, as Captain Marco Ramius. And so I'm going to ask you guys your favorite Sean Connery character, non-James Bond. Art, who's, who's yours? Uh, Henry Jones, I would say, probably mine. With, with, uh, with Ramius being probably a, a close second to that, but I would say Henry Jones is probably is, is my favorite. We named the dog Indiana. I'm just mm-hmm. going to say that for the rest of the day <laughs> repeatedly. Jay, what about you? It's a toss-up. Probably Jones, but I think Finding Forrester was one of my favorites, just because it's about writers, and I'm sort of mm-hmm. like kind of a writer, so it really resonated with me. An inspiring writer. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, I loved him as Marco Ramius. I love Hunt for Red October. We've talked about that before on the yeah, show. Yeah, that's just a good movie. It, it's a great movie. It holds up. Uh, it would probably even hold up on VHS, Jay, if you mm-hmm. had a copy on VHS. And it's... Very likely that I do. <laughs> it's very likely that he does. Um, yeah. But you know that that character. You know Sam Neill was in that. That's a who's who um, of of you know 
pretty famous Hollywood types. So yeah, it's um, still my favorite Jack Ryan movie. It, it to me, it is the most. Um, it is the most faithful to the character of Jack Ryan of anything that's I been put so. on on film. Mm-hmm. We should do an episode about that. We already did. Yeah. I know. <laughs> we're, we're headed into another one. Oh, we're not. But I love Finding Forrester as well. So that's probably my second favorite. And, you know, he based the character. You, you, are, have you seen Finding Forrester? Um, yes, Mark? I have. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, Jay, why don't you give us a synopsis since it's your favorite? Well, he's kind of a curmudgeonly writer. And then in the young, young student writer wants to be mentored, I guess, more or less by him. And he kind of pushes him out. But then he then he takes the, the job on and so it's a young african-american male who gets a scholarship to a prestigious academy where forrester was an alum and the the student writer tries to befriend him and find him and rediscover mm-hmm. him and and um what's his face um, sean connery who we're talking about mm-hmm. uh, said he based that character on jd salinger okay mm. And um, so what what I thought was also interesting on Finding Forrester, he was a producer as well. So you guys may recall, as we've talked about this before, executive producers usually just have names attached and put up money. Um, But a producer in in the film world usually does some work somehow, some way does some work. If you're not going to do any work and just put up, you know, money, you get the executive title. But um, he was um, looked like he produced six or eight different roles through the years. Uh, or movies. No, I'm, I'm, I'm lying to you. There's only two that he was a uh, producer on. I mean, I completely lied to both of you and every all three people listening. Uh, so Entrapment and Finding Forrester, he was a uh, producer on. So I thought that was interesting that his his last critically successful movie, which Finding Forrester was, um, he had a little bit more involvement in than than just being a name attached mm-hmm. and an actor. So, but... But you know, this is a lot, but I was expecting more. I was expecting, you know, Sean Connery is just part of our, our, our zeitgeist, you know, just part of the, 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 what we think of the action hero. And it's a lot of movies, but I, I'm just, I was shocked that he hasn't done anything since 2003. Well, he was offered some things. I've, I've got a little short list here of things he was offered, like Lord of the Rings. And As, he didn't want to go to New Zealand and film for two years or however long it took. He didn't want to put up with Peter Jackson. But that would, mm-hmm. I think what I read said he he could have had like $450 million, Wow. Uh, if he'd have taken that. Uh, he was offered something in Harry so Potter. He, he was offered Gandalf mm-hmm. as in Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, Harry Potter, I assume um, Dumbledore. He I had to be Dumbledore. Yeah. But Richard Harris did such a great oh, job. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not, Yeah. I was going to say, both of the people they ended up with were just phenomenal. So, I, I, I mean, I you know, Ian McKellen. And, I, I couldn't see him as Gandalf. I mean, but. see, to me, he he's too much. He should have been one of the old kings or whatever, you know, that uh, to Denethor. He, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's he's too much of the I, I mean, not that like Ian McKellen didn't portray Gandalf as as a, a fighter or whatever. But, you you know, once I don't know, you would just see Sean Connor and you would think this is somebody that probably should wear a crown as opposed to a, a yeah. wizard staff, <laughs> yeah. you know, who else? Well, well, I already talked about the Jurassic Park, but the other one was Die Hard with a Vengeance. Really? Size, now you, you're the diehard guy. You know, I Simon haven't seen Gruber. Di- oh, wow. Wait. Really? Apparently he was offered that part as well, and he didn't like the... Simon Gruber was, the mean, was the mean guy. Was Rittman, right? No, that was uh, that was Hans Gruber. Simon Gruber was, was played it? by um, the guy that was in Watchmen. Good grief, I'm drawing a blank. To Jeremy Irons. That's and, right. Uh, he was the brother of Hans and came back uh, for right. his revenge. Yeah. 
So, uh, yeah, oh, I forgot that's interesting. About that. I mean, those are huge series of series of movies. Series. Yeah. I don't know if John McClane McCain could have beat him. No, he couldn't. <laughs> he can't beat Sean Connery. Yeah. He's escaped yeah. the rock. I mean, come on, yeah. you know, no, now, Mr. Bond, movie, I expect you to die. I mean, you uh, know, he didn't though. Yeah. One so. movie that we haven't mentioned that's on a lot of people's favorite list is, uh, uh the man who would be King. Uh, with Michael Caine that he did. I think that was a mid to late seventies movie as well. Have either one of y'all seen that? No, I don't think so. No. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a, a lot of people's favorite performances, performance of his. And, uh, I've seen it. If I've seen it, uh, it's been a long time since I've seen it. And I've, it's one that I, I've been meaning to rewatch even, even before the you know news of his passing came about, but it's definitely one I want to see then because it's, it's supposed to be really a good performance. 1975 is when it came out. Yeah. That's what I thought. Mid seventies. Okay. So that would be, uh, and then Michael Caine's in it as well, but, um, I, I can't remember who directed that, but, um, it's supposed to be, you know, it's a really good movie. I will tell you. Oh, look at here. So it was mm-hmm. based on a Rudyard Kipling no- novella. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. Adapted and directed by John Houston. Houston. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. OK. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. All right. So that's uh, Christopher Plummer yeah. was in it as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's that's one I may have to seek out and watch this weekend. Do you have that? on? Uh, like I said, you get it on DVD. Which one? The Man Who Would Be King. I do not. OK. Yeah. Sorry. And it turned out to be prescient because he played so many games <laughs> afterwards, you know. But, and the uh, man who would be king, who became king, who is king. So yeah, that's right. There can that's only right. be one in a Spanish poppycock. So, what what mm-hmm. would have been a role that you would have art that you would love to see Sean Connery in? Mm, that's a good question. Um, okay. You know, I would have loved to see him be us in a Star Wars. Uh, well, I was just thinking, you know, what Star Wars role would he have? But I would, I would almost. I mean, I could see. You know, Christopher Lee was great as Count Dooku, but I could see him in some kind either. Either as a protagonist or an antagonist, but either one of those kind of things, I think he would be good. You know, like a possibly a general in the rebellion. Oh yeah. Uh, what about Obi Wan? Is that going too far? I, I think he could have played Obi Wan. I mean, I, I think if you if you see him in Robin and Marion, or if you see him in The Name of the Rose, you could kind of see that he would have been. I mean, if you think about you know o, Alec Guinness's role in Obi Wan, you know the, he's really kind of in and out of it pretty quick in terms of the mm-hmm. the whole line of the stuff. Now. Of course, Hugh McGregor has taken him in more of that. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I think I, if I we just, didn't have Alec Guinness in our heads as the epitome of, of Obi-Wan, yeah. that, that Sean could have done it. Yeah, but Sean. I see him, I, if, if they had gone with a, a General Grievous that was a, a human character as opposed to the robot character yeah. and somebody that was truly intimidating, I think you might could have gone with, uh, with uh, Sean Connery there. I think that. You know, kind of a. You had Darth Vader as the, the hidden person. I don't think you'd want to put Sean Connery in that kind of costume. But I think if you had him as a General Grievous, he might could have been much more of a threat and maybe more of a, uh, uh, you know, early uh, predecessor to what Darth Vader became in the, sure. in the prequels. Or he would have been a quite quite gone. You know, instead. Of, <laughs> yeah. Now instead that would have been. Yeah. That's a good. Yeah. 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 Um, that would have been a, a really good thing. So my role, or if I, they had gone with something with, uh, you know, what the, some of the stuff from the air, the empire and the, the, oh, the sure. mad, the, who was the mad, uh, Jedi Knight or whatever the, the guy that went crazy. Oh, I can't Is remember that air, the empire. Anyway, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Something like that. A, a Jedi Knight that had maybe, you know, had lost it a little bit, uh, you know, <laughs> might've been a, a good thing with that. So I would love to see him as Dr. Who. <laughs> oh wow! He, wow! You know, it, go. it's become an. We're in, back. It, 
you may not be after that comment we're gonna cut him off now but you know it's become mm. in for for british and scottish Oop, actors the, the mail-in ballots have jay leaving this <laughs> jay lost the uh the internal election here uh, so right. but it's become it's the end thing to um to uh, see uh, scottish actors british mm-hmm. actors named actors on doctor who i thought it'd be fascinating to have him as an episode mm-hmm. I, a season as Doctor Who. Now, he never would have done it. The money wasn't enough. But yeah. uh, he would have been a fascinating doctor. So What about... Okay. I just rem- I, I was going to say, I just remembered he also played a Michael Crichton character because he was in The Great Train Robbery. And that was been also oh, mid to late 70s. That's right. That, that, was, that, was, that was Crichton's, that was Crichton's first, first book. That's yeah. right. Yeah, great. First, tra- first fiction book. I think he had written some nonfiction medical stuff, but his first, uh, his first novel... I wonder if they offered uh, Sir uh, Sean a role in West Westworld, just to you know, getting back into the Crichton fold, the HBO reboot, not the original. Yeah. So, but. so what about the superhero genre? Since we're covering all our major topics here, where where would he fit in the Marvel universe or the DC? I think universe? he'd be a great Green Lantern. <laughs> I'm being serious. Really? Yeah. Okay. What you talk about as a younger person or in later life? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think he'd be a great Green Lantern. You know, well, he, he, Thor, Thor's see, dad. Oh, he'd be great as um, um, as Odin. Odin. That's, now, yeah. see, if if they had done a version of Kingdom Come, to me, he would have been a great uh, Aquaman, uh, King of Atlantis version of that. You Absolutely. Know, I think that would have been. Yeah. I think that's where he could have fit in right there. You haven't read Kingdom Come, have Apparently you? Apparently not. No, you haven't. It's an Alex Ross. It's great. It's great stuff. Mm-hmm. So Mark Wade, Alex Ross. It's uh, yeah. yeah. It's it's Sorry, one of Mark my favorite. Yeah. yeah, that's okay. I always say Alex Ross because of his. It, well, it, you think? I mean, yeah. The story is Mark Wade, but the artwork is really what uh, would kind of set it apart from other graphic novels at the time, which was a, the paintings of Alex Ross. Phenomenal stuff. So just mm-hmm. pretty incredible. So. All right. Well, that does it for this episode. You got multiple geeks. You got Sean Connery. And we got you through election week. We will see you next week.